Uh, welcome back to my flat, another edition of Stop In With Shard. I hope you're all mainly stopping in still. I don't think the, um, the government relaxation of rules means we all have to go out and do everything that's suddenly being allowed. I think it's really important that we do try and keep our distance, try and make sure that if infections come back, we're not part of spreading them even further. That said, it's boiling in my flat already and I'll definitely be going out later for at least a walk. Um, so. We've had a lot happen in the last couple of weeks since I was here. Um, the Black Lives Matters protests um, have been absolutely effective and fantastic. The, the work in Bristol was brilliant. But last weekend we saw big gangs of organised far-right racists on our streets of London, intent on causing trouble. And uh, that was really, really distressing to see. That has no place in our city, no place in our country. Um, to remind us of the importance of fighting racism, we've had uh, Windrush Day yesterday, uh, where we celebrate the migrants that have made uh, the UK a much better place over the years. Um, and we also remember that, that racist policies, things like the hostile environment, they're not a historical problem. We have a job to do in all our um, democratic institutions, in the London Assembly, in Parliament, in the House of Lords. We have that job to do of standing up against new policies that come out that have discriminatory results. The Greens of Colour group uh, in the past week have done a really good new campaign, uh, five demands to end racism and end racist policies, um, things like ending the de indefinite detention of migrants, ending NHS surcharges for absolutely everybody. There's a whole series of demands on their website, Google Greens of Colour and find out what they're up to. So um, we will be discussing more about institutional racism, protests, civil <laughs> liberties in today's show. So for the next 20 minutes, this is going to be a continued topic of conversation. And our special guests for the rest of our 20 minute show will be the director of Big Brother Watch, Silky Carlo, and the Green Party member of the House of Lords, Jenny Jones. Um, so I'll get her on the screen now. Um, we will be discussing uh, privacy issues, protests, all kinds of things. So I'm just going to switch them onto my screen. Here they are. So we have Jenny Jones uh, live from her home and uh, Silky live from uh, the HQ of Big Brother Watch. Really, really nice to see you both this morning. Good to see you. Excellent. So, um, well, another thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks is that the um, there was the sudden collapse of the government's track and trace app, um, which has proved so uh, controversial. Silke, you you were pretty vocal on on what was wrong with that approach that the government were taking, and I think you've been you've been proved right. Unfortunately so. Uh, we warned from the start that this was not going to work, it was going to fail. It was a data-hungry, centralised, uh, control-obsessed approach that was completely out of step with what the rest of the world was doing. And really it's been like watching a, a slow-motion car crash. Now we've wasted precious time with three months down the line, um, months behind other countries who have developed contact tracing apps, um, and I believe about £12 million down out of pocket as well on this failed approach um, that unfortunately was, was never going to work. And I, I really hope that the government has learned something here about the public's appetite for privacy because there simply wasn't the amount of public trust needed <clears throat> to encourage people to, to download this GCHQ-backed app that wanted huge amounts of data with very little justification. 
And there, I mean, there would have been a way to make a, an app that was privacy friendly. Other countries have managed it. I mean, what's the, what's the difference? There's, there's the centralized approach and then there's the decentralized approach. One's more privacy friendly. How does that work? <laughs> Yeah, the decentralized approach has been adopted by most other European countries and hopefully is what we'll do next. With the centralized approach, effectively, it's like having the state issuing digital tags to people, which means that then possession of the contact tracing app could lead on to all sorts of other kind of tracking and identification or list building of people who are uh, have reported as symptomatic or have been in these social networks etc so it would have been an unprecedented uh, position for the state to take in terms of um, issuing these kind of digital tags the critical thing is as well you need it to work and it was never going to work and you need lots of people to download it uh, if it's going to have any kind of impact on wider public health and not enough people were going to trust uh, the government's centralized approach GCHQ backed app in order for it to ever have been able to work. Yeah, no, I mean, in the London Assembly we talk about um, trying to bring in a, a road pricing scheme and exactly the same questions of built-in privacy, trust and transparency apply. Jenny, Jenny, you've in, in House of Lords, you've been asking um, questions about, about this too. I know Jonathan's also been referring the procurement and the waste of money to the audit office. What, what have you been um, doing? Well, in the House of Lords, almost every day we sit, we have a few oral questions and our own ministers have to answer them. And a question came up on the test and track and trace um, app. And I asked what's happening on the Isle of Wight um, and whether the people on the Isle of Wight should stand down. My question was prompted by Vix Lothian, who is our brilliant Green Party colleague on the Isle of Wight. And the minister replied to me that it was absolutely uh, no need for the people on the Isle of Wight to stand down, that it all, was all working well. Now, an hour and a half after he, to he told me that, the government actually withdrew the app. And people have suggested that the government was lying, but in fact, our House of Lords ministers are so low ranking, I doubt he was told. So um, very embarrassing for the minister and, and overall incredibly embarrassing for the government. So let me get this right, an hour and a half between them telling you everything was fine and the whole thing being cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously, yeah. Vic, Vic Sladium, who's our education spokesperson as well, she was on the show um, two weeks ago, so do have a, a look at what Vic's had to say about that on the Isle of Wight. It was quite clear the public confidence wasn't there, basically. Absolutely not, no. Well, lessons to learn, and if only we'd got it right the first time, that's all I can say. Um, yes. Right, I need to move on to the next topic, which is, because we could talk about this, the, the three of us could talk about these kinds of issues all day. Um, there's been a really serious um, issue and attack on the, the right to protest during the pandemic. And Jenny, um, me and you have been working on these kinds of issues for, for some time now. Um, do you want to give us some background to what's going on with the, with the police and the right to protest? Um, I, I'm not even sure where to start, but um, but both you and I have been involved in year or something. We've both been involved in court cases um, against the Met Police. In fact, I've got so many going on at the moment. I, I don't even know anymore how many I've got. And um, and almost every time we we do this, we're proved right. Um, and uh, I've got a mug here which sort of says what I believe uh, should happen very soon. So I hope that's not too provocative. Um, 
And uh, what we've been finding in the, um, the House of Lords is extremely concerning, and that is that the government has stopped using Parliament as a democratic way of um, actually uh, imposing laws, uh, and it's actually using a sort of side door, as it is, that avoids scrutiny. And so, for example, on the coronavirus regulations, which included the lockdown procedure, um, there was a, what they call a statutory instrument, which is something that pretty much whizzes through without any scrutiny. And um, they did this the day after Parliament went into recess. So uh, they, it was obvious that they, they didn't want anybody to, 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 to look at it. And the government more and more is using these statutory instruments to evade parliamentary debate on issues. Now, with a, with a problem like coronavirus, you're bound to want to act urgently, but this is something completely different. And they're using legislation to actually embed um, ministers' right to just take quick decisions, in, and, and that's absolutely appalling. And in fact, it's the government ruling by diktat and evading its democratic options. Mm. So, Silky, um, we've seen quite a lot of um, protests nevertheless going on um, during lockdown um, and as far as I can tell a lot of the, the protests, the, the Black Lives Matter protests particularly, they're, they're trying to make them happen in a, in a socially distanced and responsible way and, and as far as I can see the policing of this has made this work and combined with that we've also got this, this underlying thing where the police are trying to, to get more powers, um, partly based on the, the court case that Jenny brought um, when they tried to ban protests throughout London during Extinction Rebellion. Um, what, what has your group been, been doing about the, the right to protest and what's, what's your fears about these emergency laws? Well, what's happened over the past three months is really extraordinary. And just as Jenny said, of course, you expect the government in, in extraordinary times to take unusual and, and even extreme measures. But we have to be incredibly cautious. The police have been given almost arbitrary powers uh, to fine people for being outside of their house or for any type of gathering. And we warned from the start um, that taking, uh, putting in place such sweeping laws and restrictions would harm the most marginalized and the most, and the most vulnerable and actually have a detrimental effect on our democracy as a whole, if not extremely checked um, frequently reviewed and, and with very strong safeguards which as Jenny said there, there hasn't been because there hasn't been the parliamentary scrutiny and let's be honest that's been deliberate ministers have deliberately evaded parliamentary scrutiny which should give us all chills what the hell is going on and so now uh, the police do have powers to find people on the spot um, including for for protest um, and I, I have seen people being picked off at protests and then arrested under the regulations uh, for being out without a reasonable excuse or for being part of a gathering. Um, and, and, you know, again, this was quite deliberate. We, we, one of the things that we've been doing at Big Brother Watch is briefing Parliament at every turn, every time, um, even these kind of farcical debates come up that are weeks after the event and, you know, the government's already done what it wants to do anyway. Um, we, we've warned that taking, effectively banning the right to protest stops all sorts of things. It stops the social movements that we're seeing now taking off, but it also uh, means that the, the public doesn't have the right to, to actually demonstrate against the way that the government's handling the crisis. Um, and so I think it was wrong for, for that to have ever 
been in place it's it's extraordinary for, even from a worker's point of view that you can have people going onto construction sites and that's lawful but the minute they step off site and hold up a placard and protest about their working conditions for example then they're in breach of the regulations and actually committing a criminal offense so these are extremely unprecedented times and we feel very strongly that an exemption should be put in the lockdown laws for the right to protest so that people going, whether it's Extinction Rebellion, Black Lives Matter, strikes, industrial action, whatever it is, that people can peacefully and safely express their, uh, express themselves freely on, on, on whatever matter it is. Yeah, and the thing that worries me is that the, the policing of this could be done in a way that, that respects that right and helps to facilitate more distancing you know keeps people safe gives them good advice instead we've seen the return of something we haven't seen for a while which is kettling I mean, kettling must be the most dangerous thing you can do from a public safety point of view if there are a crowd of people that have gathered somewhere um i you know just guaranteed to spread infection jenny what 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 opportunities are there if you, if you know can we can we get an exemption exemption into the law well we don't know how long the lockdown powers are going to be there there must be opportunities to change that it's something i will definitely pick up and um uh and, and take forward but quite honestly uh we have a government with uh, a majority of over 80 in the house of commons and although we have a quite um not uh, obstreperous house of lords at the moment i mean we've had uh, we started remote voting we've had uh, four votes and the government has five votes sorry and the government's lost four of them and the other one was an innocuous vote anyway so um we're doing what we can in the house of lords uh, but unfortunately we're not the democratic elected chamber but the government isn't acting democratically anyway and you're the chamber that's there to, to to check and balance aren't you you're the ones to say you know you've rushed into this this draft isn't good and and so you, you'd hope the lords might be the place where a cross-party group of mps could do something rational like like fix these big gaps the well already two committees of the house of lords have said how appalling it is that the government is using these um these powers which actually in a democracy you you expect them in an emergency but you do not expect them as a routine occurrence and that's exactly what happening as silky has said yes that's no, very worrying okay so moving on to um well um, institutional racism, I, I think, is the topic again. Um, what we saw straight away with these new powers um, to uh, control people going outside for no reason, the, the new lockdown powers and the fines that could be put onto people. Um, what we saw as soon as we got the data that, that broke things down by age and ethnicity, um, and that took a while actually, and the London Assembly, we were asking from week one about. 10 weeks before we actually saw the data. Um, but as soon as we got it, it was very highly disproportionate. Um, in London, as you would expect, <laughs> even more so in other parts of the country. Um, Silky, Big Brother Watch have been onto this from the start. You've been, you've been collating uh, examples and uh, as much data as you can get hold of and raising the alarm about this disproportionality. What, what have you found? That's right, yeah. Um, there's two pieces of emergency law in particular. There is the Coronavirus Act, um, under which every single prosecution brought has been unlawful. We pushed for a CPS review of that because we were identifying cases where people have been um, arrested, even jailed overnight uh, for, for, for no good reason. Um, and that's happened to a lot of homeless people as well, which is incredibly sad. Um, and then under the lockdown regulations, 
where people can be fined, arrested or, or prosecuted. Um, we know from analysis done by uh, Liberty Investigates and The Guardian that black and minority ethnic people are 54% more likely to be fined than white people nationwide. Um, and we're just starting to get some force specific data on that. Um, we've also asked for, for the police chiefs to, to, to give that to us and we've been actually asking them to um, initiate and or support a, a nationwide review of all of the fixed penalty notices that have been issued. So the tricky thing is if you're issued one of these fines, there's no way of challenging it really, unless you want to go to a magistrate's court. And as we've seen, you've got magistrates putting people in uh, pursuing unlawful prosecutions um, or, or under the emergency laws. So unfortunately, um, it's not a terribly competent system, system to be relying on at the moment. A lot of people don't want to risk prosecution. Um, so you've, uh, got the, you've got the Crown Prosecution Service to review all the cases and they, they, they cancelled all of them. Is that what you're saying? Under the Coronavirus Act, every single prosecution, there are 54 so far, has been unlawful and has had to be overturned. Under the lockdown regulations, 10% um, of prosecutions have been unlawful and had to be overturned. Now, if you think that's just prosecutions, how many fines, how many people have had to pay 60 pounds, 100 pounds, 50 pounds, these different fines uh, to, to, to avoid prosecution? I think those numbers are gonna be astronomical. And unfortunately, we're seeing they are disproportionately be, being given mainly to black and Asian people. This is particularly bad in London where uh, over a quarter of the fines issued have been to black people who make up uh, about 12% of, of London's population. So it's a huge disproportionality. The worst thing about this is in a time of Black Lives Matter and growing consciousness about institutional racism is the Met is not taking any ownership of this and is actually denying that there's even a problem and even okay. actually perpetuating racist stereotypes such as, well, these are the people who are, who, who are breaching the regulations more often as though some kind of inherent criminality, which is frankly sickening. And yeah. I'm so glad that, that you, you guys have been on the case about this because it, absolutely, this is the time that they need to be brought to account. Yeah, no, I brought this up. So, so like you say, as soon as that Liberty data came out, that was the first force specific data on disproportionality. Essentially, two, black, black Londoners were two and a half times more likely to be un arrested under these regulations. And that's ridiculous. So I brought that up with the commissioner at the Police and Crime Committee in the Assembly, which we're now doing remotely. Um, and I was expecting some kind of, only, yeah, like you say, ownership of it, some kind of, well, well, we'll take action. This is concerning. Yes, we'll improve training. And I specifically asked this and the commissioner really did seek to minimize, deflect, almost deny it. She also brought up um, another another sort of classic excuse, which is um, that it was geographically based. They're going to where the trouble is and there are more there are more black people in those areas. And, and, and that kind of um, attitude, I think, is completely wrong. There ought to be some kind of humility, some acknowledgement that there's still unconscious biases in a lot of police officers and some advice and training and guidance being given to those officers not to do it. And we didn't see any of that. And I really found that disturbing because I wasn't expecting that answer, I have to be honest. Yeah, a lot of conscious biases as well, you know, and it's now and I think it goes right up to the top. The, the, the fact that Cressida Dick is not willing to take responsibility for this, um, whilst at the same time issuing statements about empathy and understanding with the Black Lives Matter protest and the importance of 
proportionate policing. Um, you know, I think it times up. I think that that's the main message. And I, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm glad that there are um, that, that you are that you are being so proactive on this because um, I think the public has had enough. The statistics speak for themselves. And it's time for the, for the Met to be held to account and policing as a whole, really, because we do need to see proper institutional change. Yeah. Right, Jenny. So the, the other thing that the, um, the Met Commissioner, sorry, we're all, we're all on Cressida Dick today. The other thing the Met Commissioner has been doing is, is essentially asking for, for more powers to ban protests. Obviously, they've got these effective powers under the coronavirus, which, which, are, which are wrong. But in normal times, you managed to challenge the Met um, when they tried to ban protest across London using something called a Section 14 order, which is not for that. Um, you managed to get that struck down um, last year. Ever since, um, the, the, the Met have been talking about trying to get those powers extended so that they can just ban protest across the capital. Um, this seems like it's going to be a job for you in, in future to stand up against Jenny. Are you ready? I am, yes. I mean, there's been um, two reviews, uh, one of, uh, on police action, uh, on police racism. One of them was from David Lammy. And there are lots of recommendations out there. All the police have to do, they don't have to do their own review, they can just look at those reviews, take those recommendations and implement as many as they can. But on the issue of protest, I haven't been out there this time, I I'm very sad to say, but um, keep filming the incidents because that has led to an awful lot of drop prosecutions and, and, and in fact, um, cases against police. And also, look up NEPOL. NEPOL gives a sheet on your rights when you are um, arrested or approached by the police. I think it's very important to know your rights. Yeah, there's also an app called Why Stop, Letter Why Stop, which, which is very, very useful because that's an app that's kept up to date um, with, the, with the latest stuff. It tells you what you're allowed to do. And I'm, I'm really pleased, like you are, Jenny, that so many people are recognising they have a right to film the police themselves when they're interacting with the police. And that is providing lots of very useful evidence and hopefully some, some learning opportunities for the police and some, some evidence that will lead to some action against, against officers who are behaving some really badly in some cases, really just awful. So any final words? We're, we're nearly done with the show. Um, Silky, what's, what's your next steps? Are you going to keep producing that report that, that looks at the, at the powers? I know that must be a huge amount of work. It is a huge amount of work, yeah, but I think it's really important to stay on the case and keep supporting as much parliamentary scrutiny as possible. Um, and then when the inquiry comes, I think there's, you know, everything that we're talking about now is just making me think how much this has been dealt with as a public order crisis rather than a public health crisis, really, by the police in, in particular. Um, so there will be a, a reckoning in time. Uh, but for now, I think, uh, yeah, we need to keep up that, that scrutiny and, and accountability. And it's really good to work with you in doing that. We will, we will keep doing it. They will keep providing us with things to do. Let's, let's be honest. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, so that's Silky from Big Brother Watch. Go and, go and read their web pages. Jenny Jones. Um, your website is jennyjones.org, I believe. Yeah. You want to find, find out what Jenny's up to. And uh, if you want to carry on watching the programme uh, to get the live link each week, you sign up for updates uh, at my website, shanberry.london, or you, there's a button on my Facebook page where you can sign up for updates. You'll get the live link to this every single week. And on Facebook, I'm Shanberry Green. So yeah, hopefully we will be um, continuing to talk to, to more and more interesting people about the issues that are coming up because the issues do not stop coming up. 
it's been really nice to have you both thank you so much for coming on um and uh yeah thank you stay safe everybody and goodbye <laughs> Victoria Line.